0: Than this, guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network and we're brought to you by Bet Online. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, players' news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all, Sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Do Something Nice Day.
1: National Do Something Nice Day. Uh, As in like for somebody else or for yourself? Is this a treat yourself day or pay it forward?
0: Uh, Day? uh, The description is this holiday encourages us to perform acts of kindness for strangers or loved ones or both.
1: What if you love yourself?
0: Would that qualify? (laughs) Happy National Pumpkin Seed Day to you. Oh, I got those upstairs. I, I vibe with this one a lot. Delicious, right? Especially you make them yourself, right? You cut a pumpkin, toast them, them yeah, salt. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yep. eating one out of a bag from the store. I want my own homemade no. pumpkin seeds.
1: Yeah, tis the season. Actually, since you mentioned pumpkin, welcome Chris, and I got up here. Right
0: hey, welcome Chris. Uh, Kyle has somewhere to be right now, I guess.
2: He literally just walked. Just so everybody knows, pumpkin. he walked off set. He just Uh-oh. walked off the set of the show. Pumpkin.
0: But I, is it you a pumpkin had that, whiskey. You
2: had that on yesterday's show. Why is that not yeah, just nearby? nearby? You put it away. I, I, it's
1: at my bar area over here in the corner, and I obviously <laughs> it's got my workout in already. So we're gonna have spirits and it's pumpkin flavored in spirit of Pumpkin Seed Day today.
2: Pumpkin. Can pumpkin. I share? Can I? Sh- no, we're not doing this again. Can I share? Can I share a very, very honest take with the group? Sure. <laughs> Any kind, any type of sunflower seed, overrated. The baseball guy thinks seeds are overrated. <laughs> yeah, That's amazing.
0: And, That's wait, amazing. Any, <laughs> any type of sunflower seed? Do you just mean seeds in general or different flavors of sunflower sure.
2: seeds? No, seeds in general, overrated. A lot of work that goes into those. They don't even taste that great.
0: Have you Ooh, had peeled already sunflower
1: kernels? Eat the Eat the shells.
2: No, just not don't bite
1: do them and get get them wedged down in between your gum and your teeth, because that's a nightmare. But I am I am a habitual shell eater in just about every facet of life. So Joe can confirm that he's seen well, all he's, kinds he's, of he's monstrosities. Crab,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm a crab. Pinch, pinch, pinch. I pinch, that's I what pinch. My daughter does when we say. <laughs> pinch. When we say crap, she goes, pinch, 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 pinch. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, let's talk about the Bears. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's the Chicago this Bears. segment
1: before it goes any further off the rails.
0: Draft, draft dads every once in a while makes an appearance on the show. Uh, it is check the tape, right? Uh, so we are going to check the tape. I checked the tape on the Chicago Bears today. Uh, Kyle's going to talk about the Colts. And then we've got some fun tier maker stuff coming up. We are going to put all of the 2022 first-round picks into tears and so that'll be fun coming your way later on let's talk about the Chicago Bears want to focus on the offense um obviously a lot of lot has been made of their lack of passing production their lack of passing attempts their emphasis on running the football what's in place for Justin Fields and so we spent some time with Chicago Bears this morning as I started watching their most recent game against the Giants and I saw a run heavy game plan and knowing that this has been what this team is this year. Thought about a conversation that we had last year with Tony Rasiopi. And Tony Rasiopi is a quarterbacks coach and he's uh he, he's Kenny Pickett's quarterbacks coach. Shout and out Tony. Shout out Tony, good dude. Uh and he's also got the Shepard quarterback. Tone, uh is it I, I don't Bageant, Bagent B A G E N T is the is he, the He's the a mid-round scouting guy. now. Well, you you tell listen, me. This guy from Shepard, he's going to be a drafted quarterback this year, and Tony's working with him this year. And Jim and I talked about him, and he's a thing. But this is what, when, when we talked about Kenny Pickett and, and uh, his glow up in 2021 compared to, you know, just very modest production the first few seasons, Tony attributed Kenny playing a lot better to them embracing more of a pass heavy style of offense. And he said, look, When you're only going to throw the ball 15 or 20 times a game and you're a quarterback, you go into those 15 or 20 passing attempts with the mindset of, I got to make it happen right here because I know that I'm not going to get a lot more opportunity. And I couldn't help but apply that same mindset to Justin Fields, who's getting 10, 11, 20 passing attempts a game. And knowing that you're going to have limited opportunities to throw the football and Within that, maybe you try to do a little bit too much, okay? So before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of the Bears, that's one thing that I thought about when I considered what Justin Fields is accomplishing with the passing attempts that he does get. Um, So run-heavy script, obviously. And another reason why it bothers me that they have this style of offense is obviously we know they want to keep games close and not to lose. And that's just what their team is right now. But how hard is it to only get a chance to throw the football when the other team knows that you're going to throw the football, right? Like you're throwing in obvious throwing situations and you're running all the time. That's a tough way to live. Some of your best moments come when you throw the ball, when they think you're going to run it and you run it when they think you're going to throw it. And so that Mixing it up just doesn't exist for this Bears offense. Now, I will say on two occasions against the Giants, it did. And one of them was on uh, after the Giants first touchdown, first and 10, the Bears take possession of the ball. Play action, 51-yard bomb to Darnell Mooney, the best passing play they probably had this year. First and 10 coming after that touchdown. They got a little bit aggressive. They threw the ball early, a big tendency breaker. Oh, what happens here? A 51-yard completion to Darnell Mooney. And then you go to the beginning of the second half. The Bears' first possession of the second half, they first and 10, play-action boot, and and Fields finds Trayvon Wesco for 23 yards. So literally, I mean, what is that? What percentage of the passing production for that game came on those two plays when you threw the ball when they thought you were going to run it? All right, so I think just philosophically being willing to throw the football is going to help Justin Fields because he won't be pressing to make the most of a limited amount of opportunity, but it's also going to give him favorable looks to pass the football when they think you're going to run it. So I wanted to kind of establish that first and foremost before we talk about, okay, what does he actually have at his disposal in terms of personnel?
1: So I appreciated the insight here and, and balance is kind of one of the themes of this this past week because in, in our meeting yesterday with the team uh, overreaction Monday with some of the TDM Premium Discord members, we ended up talking about Dallas and, and we talked about oh you know, the way that you call a game when Cooper rushes in versus the way you're calling a game when Dak Prescott is in. And that led me to tie... Back to you always talking about Christian McCaffrey in the passing game and, and how you you have these players and you have disproportionate kind of subconscious obligations to give them more opportunities kind of at the detriment of the entire team. And that's not necessarily a one for one with what you're talking about with Justin Fields, but I think it is incredibly uh, insightful of you to bring balance And lack of opportunity and what that does to the psyche of a young quarterback in Justin Fields, I think that's very relevant. And um, obviously they've had some success rushing the football, but is it too much of a good thing if you are clearly showing that when you come out on first and ten and you do get aggressive, you can break your own tendencies and create more explosive plays, which is one of the number one things that the Bears are missing offensively. Yeah. I think that's a great point.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to get it going. I'll, I'll say this. Coming out of the watch, I didn't come away saying or thinking, you know, Justin Fields is really hurting this team. He He's not capable of being the answer at quarterback. I didn't come away thinking that. I came away thinking – a lot about the philosophy of the style of play that they're embracing, and then kind of adding another layer to what I was talking about in terms of, hey, you're throwing the football really in only obvious throwing situations, which makes it easy on the defense, but also who's your guy? Who, who's your guy, right? Like who's that guy that you trust is going to find space, it's going to get open, that's going to be available, that's going to be consistent? So now you're taking hard looks to throw the football – and trying to do it without dudes, right? Like there's there's not guys that are just going to go out and win routes and be consistent. And so as I contrasted, okay, what does he have to throw the football to and, and what does this offensive line give him? I found myself more disappointed in his weapons than I did the offensive line. And and I didn't expect that to be the case. I thought Larry Borm has been playing right tackle. I think he's been pretty decent um they even at left tackle the the young kid Braxton Jones he's been decent um T- De- Tevin Jenkins at 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 right guard's been okay uh white hair's been pretty good he got banged up last week um and then the the noter uh is it Mustafer, the, their center he's, he, yeah. yeah he's probably been their weakest link um and and Riley Reef is injured Michael Schofield's not a starter so like, I think they're, this offensive line is probably playing a little better than I thought it would based on the names here. Where I get really concerned is just about these weapons and, and what they're offering around Justin. So I, I hate that it's going to be year three, I think, before we get any meaningful clarity on Justin Fields. But my concerns with the Bears, yes, it's talent, but it's also just this offensive approach and how it is – not allowing everybody to go out there and and put their best foot forward, in my opinion. Now they're running the ball well. I like what I'm seeing from Khalil Herbert. I like what I'm seeing from David Montgomery. It's been effective and they're creating movement. Like the run game has been good. They have to mix it up better and, and they have to find some meaningful results. So why why do you think they are
1: not mixing it up? Because you said Justin Fields isn't necessarily detrimental to the offense. Is it we that's just the world we want to live in this year and hope we can grit out 60 minutes. Is it, we don't trust our receivers. Is it, we don't have the ammunition. Is it, we don't trust our protection. Is it, we don't trust fields? like, how do you, based on what you've seen, how do you interpret why they are so dramatically skewed?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Very I think cool. it's all of that. I, I mean, I really do. And, um, that's why I wanted to get more into the mindset and the philosophy because I think I think Fields could be better if he knew there was gonna be more opportunity and the opportunity was gonna be better for him. Like he's not yeah. been great. He's made plays, which you would expect with just his physical skill. But when you when you kind of take this approach that they have offensively, and then I'm watching this Giants game. And they had no idea that Daniel Jones had any athleticism whatsoever. And they're just playing boot, rolling left over and over and over again. And Daniel Jones is ripping off chunks, finding completions on these bootlegs. It's like, how did you not know Daniel Jones was couldn't, couldn't run around, right? Like, they're playing that game wrong on defense. So this coaching staff has a lot to prove. I know they're undermanned, but, like, I think you can give your players a better chance by having a different mindset and then just – I thought – I thought – the Bears' coaching staff on defense was completely outcoached by the Giants on offense. So we got work to do. Shout Obviously, out. Bayless Jones comes in and muffs a punt and did, you know, kind of takes away the chance for Fields at the end of that game against the Giants. Shout out
1: Bayless or shout out Brian Dable.
0: Winning, and Mike Gaffka winning the as well, coach, yeah. winning the coaching battle. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a market. They don't have like a material, uh, like a better that much more talent right like i don't even know if you would say the giants are a more talented team than the bears they're
1: at the start of the season we we ruled that these were the two least talented rosters in the nfl this year
0: coaching won that game the giants have better coaching in that on that on that sunday anything else for the bears no no that's uh, that's kind of what i wanted to communicate there so i'm excited to hear about uh what you've learned about the colts
1: uh so i checked the tape on the annapolis colts and the first thing I'm going to say is probably not going to be particularly exciting for Indianapolis Colts fans. I don't know how this turns around this year, if we're being honest. A um, lot of bad football. And the win that they have over the Kansas City Chiefs, you could point to that as a uh, perhaps a turning point in the season. Uh, you mentioned a muff punt by rookie Valus Jones, rookie sky, Moore muffed a punt on the opening possession for the Colts that set them up, uh, inside the 10 yard line, excuse me, at the four yard line after the Colts punted, went three and out on their opening possession, punted sky, Moore muffed the punt. Didn't even know what way it bounced, ran upfield, the ball bounced backwards and the Colts got it at the four, set them up on the four yard line for a touchdown that way. Um, Chiefs miss a field goal, and then the Colts obviously come down the field and and score uh, with twenty nine seconds left to steal that football game by a score of seventeen to twenty. Uh, so the win was not inspiring. Um, they're just very crowded offensively. and you talked about balance. You talked about balance of Chicago from play calling. I look at the construction of the Colts' 2022 roster, and I think it is imbalanced in a detrimental way, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. You have Michael Pittman Jr., who's a very good wide receiver. Who else do you have in the passing game? Yeah, A second-round rookie from Cincinnati who was a raw route runner and ran, in my opinion, elementary routes and needed to prove he could get off press coverage in Alec Pierce. Uh, a rookie tight end in Jelani Woods. Mo Ali cox who the team has tried to replace at tight end for two consecutive years in the offseason. You bring in Matt Ryan. Joe, Matt Ryan's fumbled nine times this season in four games. Nine times. And, like, getting off his spot not particularly executing well or with confidence or with accuracy. Jonathan Taylor got hurt this past week in in their latest game that they played against the Titans. But I'm going to be completely honest. Jonathan Taylor in Jacksonville and and Kansas City games look slow and stiff. And I don't know what the purpose was for that. I don't know if he was playing exactly through something. But I watched the last three games that they played. I skipped the tie in overtime out of. Principle alone, couldn't bring myself to watch the tie. So I watched Jacksonville, I watched Kansas City, and I watched Tennessee. And Jonathan Taylor did not look like Jonathan Taylor. Quentin Nelson was not playing to the same all pro standard that you hold for him. Danny Pinter is every bit of the concern that we thought he was. But to me, it comes back to the way you constructed this offense in yet another year of eh, We'll just piecemeal another quarterback into the system. Matt Ryan is going through transitional pains, and at this rate, if he continues to play at the standard that he has set early in the season, I'd be leaning towards retirement in twenty twenty three. It's it's really overwhelming how poorly he played. And you have a bunch of wide receivers who do not threaten as route runners and command respect. So you end up getting crowded. Jonathan Taylor's not even seeing a lot of eight-man boxes. His eight-man box count's like 8% this season. Mm. And the Colts as a team are rushing for 3.5 yards per carry. So... I just look at the offense, and that's not even to talk about the defense. I think the defensive front is playing really well. They've been playing without Shaquille Leonard, who came back last week but suffered a concussion, so he's not coming back. Stephon Gilmore's been good. I thought Zaire Franklin, in the absence of Shaquille Leonard, has been playing fairly well. Nick, Nick Cross has been playing fairly well. Like Kenny Moore's the stud that we've expected him to be. Uh, Grover Stewart on the nose for them is playing very, very well. Defensively, they're playing well. I think they're 13th in the NFL in scoring defense, but they're dead last in scoring offense. And I don't know how it gets better because your bread and butter ain't vibing. Jonathan Taylor does not look like himself. And they have said, we're going to put all our eggs in that basket and try to complement that with Michael Pittman. And what else?
0: Nothing. It's a tough way to live, man. That's a, that's a tough, like, Hey, we're going to be a playoff team. There's expectations. And they made a choice, right? Like we were concerned about this offense in terms of explosive players at receiver and, and being able to open up the the passing game and they didn't do anything about it. And I know that Pierce has straight line speed, but that, that couldn't be your plan, right? To, to, improve your spacing right and and he's he's made a couple chunk plays
1: and they're all like one was an in-breaking route in the intermediates against zone and the other one was a fade ball down the sideline with the Colts starting on their own two-yard line that was just a back shoulder high point throw he's not been productive
0: so this is a roster construction issue and that's on Chris Ballard
1: right because I mean we we came in and the Colts said hey we're close So we're going to make a few tweaks, and all they did was double down on the strengths without creating balance in what they are offensively, and and I think you've seen a lot of teams that generally disrespect how threatened they are by the Colts' Mm -hmm. ability to attack in all phases and in all levels of the field, and it's painfully obvious when you post 38 rushing yards against the Titans and you post 218 yards and nine first down against the Jaguars.
0: So yeah, the, it, it's, the more I think about this, this does go back to Ballard because I think he tried to fix problems with rookies. Uh, left tackle we've known is a problem for them. Well, Bernard Raymond, that's your, that's your plan. Um, Alec Pierce, that that's your plan. Uh, you and need you a can, more. You, you... Go ahead. No, I was just gonna kind of bring it back to tight end with the Mo, Mo Alley Cox back to back years, Kylan Granson, um, and, and and Jelani Woods. Like, this team's had cap space. Why 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 if they're close, why are they w- so willing to rely on young players? Rookies are rookies are dumb. Okay, they're they just are until they prove they're not. It's a tough way to make a living, man.
1: I think that the thing that you just boiled this down to right here is I there are many cases in which you can advocate for a general manager and a head coach to have to deserve more patience from their owner. I'll say this for Jim Ursay. Bit of a goofy guy, right? But he's given Ballard every opportunity. And the Colts, we have we have sat here for years and applauded the Colts for their salary cap management and how they have invested in the offensive line and in the running game and created this team that is built for playoff football. And now I'm starting to look at it and say, you know, Chris, it's probably time to go, dude. Like, I know he's been asked, when are you going to draft a quarterback? When are you going to... Quote unquote, start that clock. And he said, I know the moment that I draft a quarterback, y'all are gonna start the clock on me. Mm. The clock's ticking. And like the charade has gone on long enough. You know, you've you've got lots of good players under contract, and you've got your nucleus as a team. But if if we're not going to at some point push the chips in, you no, know, floating around at nine or ten wins every single year with a new quarterback, but having the most cap space in the NFL every offseason and not doing anything with it is almost as bad as superlative superlifus super superfluous Chris help me. superfluous spending fiscal irresponsibility, allowing yourself to get boxed into a corner. Chris is like so anti-paint me in a corner that he's painted himself in the other corner on the other side of the room.
0: The the question that I was thinking about asking you, I think you probably just answered it in that, all right, we're kind of talking about potentially a need for a change here. And Frank Reich and Chris Ballard together since 2018, they go 10 and six, they win a playoff game, seven and nine, eleven and five, nine and eight, and then this year. Like that's not that's not what you look at and say the brink of firing, you know. And I I have some, and I know that Colts fans, well, maybe they do want to hear about this, but like that Andrew Luck situation kind of screwed them over. But it did. that was that's that's it's been four it's- years right you you've given
1: yourself all the time to you've burned up all the graces that come with Mm. wow that really sucks your franchise qb retired on the eve of the season and left you high and dry like that grace period's gone now and what they've instead done is kind of kicked the can down the road and they bet big on matt ryan but they didn't really bet big on Matt Ryan because the cost to get him was a fractional discount. And I think it says something that, you know, every year you're bringing in a new quarterback and the the players have alluded to, you know, they're, they're, we're in a transition because there's a new quarterback. Well, maybe we should go find a quarterback. That's not that,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? So, and I mean, I look at the schedule, their next three, they have road games against divisional opponents, or they've got two divisional opponent games against teams they've already lost to in at Jack or home against Jacksonville and at Tennessee or two of their next three games. They're at Denver this week on Thursday night on a short week. Like this, this could really get away from you. And then, oh, by the way, you're home against Washington. And then you, you have to go to New England to play the Patriots. I look at the Colts offensive depth chart, you know, all, all of the critiques we have about the New England Patriots. But we said this last week before the Patriots played the Packers. Does the Packers skill players scare you when you're playing the the Patriots defense? Right. You, you can apply the exact same thing to the Colts and say, what are the Colts going to offer you that's going to challenge the Patriots to the point where you don't feel like the Patriots can squat on this and really squeeze you and make this a, a margin of errors game? And you're on the road. Don't like it. Don't like it, man. <laughs>
0: Not a whole lot of good news here today from no. our bears and Colt studies. Um, shall we uh, get to tear maker? Yes. Chris, did you uh, participate this is... in this, or is it just me and Kyle?
2: I put together a list. I don't feel as confidently about it as probably you guys do because I don't. I haven't watched all thirty-two of these guys in depth, up close, where I can say for sure. But I did it. I certainly did the exercise. So,
1: what, what I'd like to what I'd like to offer is this because we got time. Why don't we just go one through 32 and
2: designate the tier? That was what I was going to suggest. So very happy that that is the conclusion outstanding. Joseph, right. is that agreeable with you?
0: It, it It's agreeable. Um, I have it no structured on my spreadsheet. Uh, with the five tiers and the players in them, so they're not necessarily in order, but I think I can pull this off on the fly, especially because
2: no, uh, I I've seen you try to do word association. I don't really
0: trust. No, this. no, I'm gonna be okay. Chris, I got this This one I can. Let, he he's gonna do it. Okay, okay, this one I can. Handle. Well, pro- mostly because 20 players are in the same tier, so I you know I okay, I'm, but I'm but if, okay. but if I
1: said the name Trayvon Walker, like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, you got it. you know where you put Trayvon Walker. You know where sure you do. put Jahan Dotson. Sure do, sure. Would know you put Kenny Pickett?
0: Yeah. Uh, the five tiers we have: no impact, below expectations, meeting expectations, exceeding expectations, and the Chris Schubert special, the God tier.
2: Um, how many? How many players do you guys put in the God tier? I want to ask before we start. Two? I have two in there as well. I have two. Okay, we're. I guarantee you, we're gonna somehow have six different names for the gods here. No, six. I, oh, I think,
0: think I, we're gonna have the same. We're all gonna have the same too. <laughs> I say max maximum. We
2: have Three. four. Ooh, okay. I'll give us this a little more be... margin for error. Yeah, what what, what Kyle saying is Joe and I are gonna be on the same page, but Chris is the wild card with the names that he's gonna put in there. That's what. It no, means.
0: no, I didn't say that. I didn't say it. Um, I feel like I should at least explain my methodology because that's always in, important for me. My expectations for a first-round pick is for them to come in, and we're talking about the, the first four games of their career. I, ex, I My expectation is for you to come in and be a reasonable starter. Are you a reasonable starter for your football team? And so that's where, if you're a reasonable starter, you're meeting expectations, and then we go up and down from there. Um, so that's kind of my lens that I looked at this through.
1: Yep, so you have kind of a net zero is the middle tier, and then two above
2: and two below. That's right. Yes. All right, gentlemen, then we start. Trayvon Walker, the first overall pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where we put him? Meeting expectations. I have exceeding expectations. I'll break the tie. I also have him in meeting expectations.
1: I just expected him to be a little bit more raw. You know, you knew he was going to play. Obviously, he's the number one overall pick. You, you've got pretty high hopes. For him but he he has done very well and, and his versatility has taken no time in, in showcasing itself for Jacksonville and for that reason I wanted to, to give him a nod for exceeding what my
0: expectations were
2: Aiden Hutchinson
0: meeting expectations
2: meeting expectations clean sweep meeting expectations don't have to delve into this anymore Derek Stingley Jr
0: meeting expectations
2: meeting expectations all right, I I, I thought about it. I I have him I have him as the top of the below expectations tier. I really, just, a, yeah, just mm. a little bit. Was it wow. was it the
1: hype? Was it the hype kind of got well, you, got you?
2: A little. I eager? will tell you, there's probably a little bias, right? Because of the person he was drafted in front of, corner wise, and I, there's another quarter that's playing oh. better, so it's a, probably a little bias. It's probably a little oh, bias. Okay. I
0: won't lie. This is your Trey White Marshawn Lattimore thing for me.
2: So you so you've done this. So this is I'm not like crazy for doing. Okay, okay. And I'm still
0: sour that Marshawn won Defensive Rookie of the Year that year because Trey deserved it more than
1: Marshawn. I I could tell you, Stingley's been fine for being my CB2.
0: Oh, the wink, the wink. You love to hear it. (laughs)
2: Number four, the New York Jets took Derek uh, took Sauce Gardner. This is God tier. This is God. This is God. God, Yeah, God tier player. This is it's a God tier player right here.
1: Kyle's through the first four games through the Kyle, (laughs) Kyle Krabs is CB one in the 2022 (laughs) NFL draft. Yeah. He's, he's lived up to expectations and then some, right?
0: Like he's, he's been excellent. And I, I didn't want to like, just be, you know, like I'm not just putting guys in the God tier for me with the, with the reason he's in there is because he just hasn't given up anything. Right. He's got some, he's made some plays in the ball and it's not like you look at this Jets secondary and feel like, like there isn't going to be some opportunities, right? And, and and Sauce has been answering the call, so good good for him.
2: I think there's I think there's a very easy way to describe it, at least for me personally, because I'm close to it. There is this feeling of when he is in man-to-man coverage and the ball gets delivered from the quarterback, it's oh Sauce is going to make a play on this, and that's a weird feeling to have in today's NFL when you have a quarterback. Like it's just a weird feeling. Like it's not the way the game is played nowadays. And he's just been he's been it's been their best defensive player, and it's not even close. Color me stunned that Chris Schubert put the American
1: Athletic Conference player in the God tier. You know, I mean, what can I say?
2: What can I say? A jet mid-major guy, one of my favorite players in the draft process. I mean, you shouldn't have been shocked. (sighs) Kayvon Thibodeau was the next pick at number five. I put meeting expectations.
1: Meeting expectations on the caveat that he
2: missed some time. Yeah. yeah, I put so him in no impact because he, he hasn't been around enough for me to be able to make a determination. And I think that's fair, Chris. I, th- I like thought about that, uh, to be completely I, honest. I, it, and it's unfair to him, but, like, no impact is kind of for this bucket, right? For the you didn't play all the games and you were hurt. So that's where I put him. Uh, the next player up is Ike McWanu, the Carolina Panthers.
0: I put meeting, meeting
2: expectations. Ex- meeting expectations, yes. Ooh. Made the below expectations
1: to hear from mm. me.
0: His best game yet against Cardinals, I'll say that.
1: That's not better saying much. Better
0: every week. It's well, getting better every week, though.
1: <laughs> that's not yep. much. Steady improvement. That's all you can hope for.
2: Evan Neal, New York Giants. Meeting expectations. Below expectations. Yeah, below Ooh. expectations, Kyle. That's a great call Ooh. out of you.
0: The Parsons game was bad, but like he, had, he wasn't that bad the other four games. Or other three. I watched them all. Including... Good in, well,
1: the,
0: I, good in the run game. That's kind of kind
1: of what your expectations were, right?
0: Yeah, I think he's been exactly what I thought. He's starting right tackle and but has he been
2: up. good? But has he been good? No,
0: he hasn't been good, but he's the starting okay. right tackle. <laughs>
2: so so you go below expectations. Uh Drake London. Meeting
1: expectations, but in a complimentary way. Like we we knew that Drake London was going to be a volume guy. So the fact that he is a volume guy and has been highly productive, I think, speaks to him having very lofty expectations in the first place.
0: I have meeting expectations.
2: I put him in exceeding expectations. I gave some credit to the play of Drake London. I, I think when you have a when you have a coach that comes out and says, "Yeah, that really good tight end that we picked really high overall. Yeah, it's not fantasy football. We're not really going to target him, and he's really the only other player that they have on offense." And Drake London's still going out there and doing what he's doing. Give, we'll give some credit. Charles Cross. Sorry, I lost my spot on the page here. Charles Cross, the next selection.
1: Oh, that's that's fine. That gave me a chance to go up and pull up uh Kyle Pitts' whopping hundred and fifty receiving yards through.
2: <laughs> Should have made games. the bet. Should have made the bet this year, Kyle. Should have made yeah, the bet this year. I don't year. want to talk about it. Charles I, Charles Cross meet, meeting expectations in Seattle. Same. That's a clean sweep for Charles. Great job. That's where I have him as well. Uh Garrett Wilson.
0: I have him at meeting expectations.
1: I have him actually exceeding expectations just because my questions with Garrett were with the investments in the tight end room and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. I was just kind of curious, like how much is he, how much is he going to command the football quickly? And the Jets have very quickly found that more Garrett Wilson is a good thing. So uh, I have him exceeding expectations just because of the other personnel that they put, they had around that
2: offense. I have him in the meeting expectations tier. I was with you, Joe, on that one. Uh, Chris Olave, New Orleans Saints.
0: Exceeding king. expectations. King. You put it, him in the God insult. tier?
2: No, no. no. Just
1: acknowledging the greatness of Chris Olave. So I where did cra- you put him? Uh, he's in the meeting
0: expectations that's where I put tier. Him. Yeah, that's where I put See, him. This because, is,
1: this- because he's a king
0: this is why I couldn't put Drake London in the exceeding expectations because I thought Chris Olave deserved to be in a higher tier. Oh, that's fair. Okay.
2: So, I, I, I respect, I respect it. I respect yeah, it. I, I was told, I don't on agree, that. but I respect it.
0: Oh, you know, you don't think Chris Alave has been better than Drake London so far this year. He has been, I mean, he's been more productive and I know that like you could say a better situation around him, but also more meaningful weapons around him too.
2: That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Jameson Williams, no impact. No, no impact. I don't think I need to say that it was a clean right. sweep. There I, I kind of <laughs> gave that away with how I rated KT. Um, Jordan Davis meeting, meeting
1: expectations.
2: expectations. I wish he played more. That's where I put him. Only You're because he's a are spend the next ten years
0: saying that, though. I, I wish know. He played more. I know. <laughs> Twenty snaps I a game. Did. Here he is. And, hasn't and made I, a, a lick of impact on a on a passing down yet. Like.
1: But he's been very good when he's been on the field. His his presence is undeniable, and because of that, he's meeting
0: expectations.
2: Kyle Hamilton,
0: below expectations.
2: Below expectations. Get him in there. Yeah, last so two I games he's
0: been like a fifteen snap a game guy rotating in.
2: Well, and those the yes. first two games weren't pretty either. So right, yeah, yeah. That's There's some question.
1: miscommunications on the back end, and that that second one that obviously had some catastrophic implications for that Ravens defense. And I think that they you'd like to get him. I'm going to watch my words here. You would hope drafting a safety in this range, you'd get a little bit more value in man coverage than what I think Kyle Hamilton has shown through OTAs, training camp, preseason, and the early portions of this year. And I think that's that's an area for me that I did not expect him to struggle necessarily to the degree in which he has. Kenyon Green.
0: Meeting Uh, meeting
1: expectations expected a plug and play starter and you got one. That's that's what you've got. John Dotson. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. Wish he had more volume because he could be exceeding expectations. That's where I've got. got, Yeah. And I get that. He scored some touchdowns. Right. But like he's not been a volume guy. And that's, I think, holding him back in my
2: eyes from having exceeding expectations. Jahan Dotson, the best wide receiver on the Commanders this year. How about that for take for you? Because apparently they just m- have an inability an inability to throw it to Terry McLaurin. So. That's an indictment of Carson Wentz. That is not a testament
1: of Jahan Dotson or a detriment of Terry McLaurin. Zion
2: Johnson.
0: Meeting expectations.
2: Meeting expectations. He's that is where right. I had
0: him as well. Yeah. He's
2: right. well. He's been all right. Well, they're going to need him to step up with the... Rayshon Slater injury, so they're going to name him. Yes. To uh, Traylon Burks.
0: I put below expectations.
2: Below expectations. That's where I had him. Clean sweep there. And now he's hurt, so I don't know if he's going yeah. to be able to really move himself out of his and, deer for a little well, bit.
1: And that was really scary, right? And in, in all the narratives around him in, in the summertime was kind of the conditioning stuff. And as soon as he got there, there were issues. And it's been a pretty bumpy Rookie season for Burks, and I don't know that it's going to get better.
0: Part of the reason I put him below expectations as well is because we say this a lot. Teams tell you what they think of players by what they do. Like in terms of um trading away AJ Brown, trading AJ Brown in the first and, round. Like you, you yeah. told us that you think that you're just going to reset the money here with a young with a, a player that's going to be cheaper right. and, and replicate what you had in AJ Brown and and you you aren't close.
1: Uh AJ Brown fun fact about fun fact about AJ Brown uh number 1 in the NFL in team yardage um, share through 4 weeks.
0: Non quarterbacks I guess.
1: Of like in the as receiver.
0: Okay, yeah, no, rece- that, no receiver like, has a higher okay, percentage
1: of his team's passing yardage got it. share. Receiving yardage share, I uh, guess, Got than A.J. Brown. Trevor
2: Penning, no, no impact. impact. Kenny Pickett, no impact.
0: Okay, so this is why I have to go back to my methodology. No. I put below, no, no, listen to me. I put below expectations because what did I tell you what I thought a, a, a first-round pick is supposed to be? A reasonable day-one starter, and that's but not Joe, what Kenny team- Pickett has meant.
1: Teams tell you what they think of players with what they do in other personnel moves, and they sign Mitch Trubisky to a free
2: agent contract.
0: And then wow. they picked Kenny Pickett in the first round. Now, this can change. This is week four. I this think it's unfair four. to
2: put him in below expectations. I put him in the no impact, kind no. of a did not grade. I, it's an incomplete. It's so mad right now.
0: I did mad. <laughs> I said what I said at the beginning of this for this moment right here. Well, and, th- this and now,
2: and, and now, I that was clearly you were setting it up for this, and so yeah, of course I, take, I want to be I, question, I want to be
0: intellectually yeah. consistent. I want there to be congruency in what yeah. I say from from my methodology.
2: I think it's ridiculous, but we can move on. Uh, I, I, look at the
0: tweets. I, I praise Kenny Pickett. I thought he played great against the Jets. Right. I, I I thought he did too. But like he's he played like one half of football, so he gets the Correct. no impact grade. He he's hasn't a first done anything round, yet. He's a first round pick that wasn't a, a a day one starter, and is that his fault? Probably not. But my expectations for a first-round pick is to be a day-one starter.
2: No, stop. You didn't on draft night think that he was going to be the day-one starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You didn't think that. They already had signed Trubisky by that point.
0: My expectations for a first-round pick is for them to be a day-one starter.
2: Kyle's just done with us. He's just he's looked away. He just doesn't want any part of this. Uh, Trent McDuffie. Meeting expectations.
0: I So I put he's hurt, right? He was really good in that first game that he played, mm-hmm. uh, and that's all he could do. He started, and it was good. I, I'm moving him to, to meeting expectations.
1: My guy. That's 21 for you now in meeting
2: expectations. Yeah, it is. Yeah, get him in there.
0: Uh, Quay Walker.
2: He's been fine. Meeting. Meeting, meeting, meeting expectations. expectations. He's been fine.
0: Kair Elam. Meeting expectations.
1: I wanted to put him in exceeding expectations but understanding and appreciating the defensive infrastructure that they have there I think he's been everything you hoped he would be and therefore he is meeting expectations so I I say that complimentary. Tyler Smith exceeding expectations. Yep, that's where I've got him. That's fair. Joey,
0: I feel bad I pull, I only have him in meeting and I sat, this is one oh, that I man. internally struggled with because oh. maybe where he's exceeding expectation is that he's been a a pretty good left tackle. Yes. I'm moving him. I'm moving him. My guy. Back, back down to 20. Back, back down to 20. <laughs> <We gotta laughs> he did something right I didn't think he would do. We're into the Tyler final eight. This is,
1: where, this is where first rounds always get weird. The T- final Tyler eight.
0: Linderbaum.
2: Meeting expectations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, meeting expectations. He, he's been very, 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 very good for the Ravens. Jermaine Johnson. I put meeting expectations, and I know that he's – he has not played, he's got played like 80 snaps, right? But he's been below, good
2: below expectations because to quote my friend Joe, a first round player is supposed to have an impact and he's not being put in the rotation oh, start, enough to have the impact.
0: Yeah, you're right, below okay. expectations. Moving him.
2: Now we're down to 19. He's but he's he's been
0: really good, good when he's, when out he's out been there. on the
2: field. He, he's good when he's so, out there. It's the Jordan Davis thing. <sighs>
1: So then he's meeting uh,
2: expectations. expectations. Th- that's, no, but that's he's not, meeting not, no. done. He's not, meeting expectations. Not, You're not not based yeah, off of ah, not based ah, off of Joe's ah, methodology ah, that I just yelled about. You
0: can do whatever you want to do.
2: That's I'm telling you, he's meeting expectations. Yes. Devin Lloyd, God tier. God, that's right. That's right. Okay, we did it. We we got all my king.
0: Stuff. <laughs> <I> <laughs> thought, Let's go. I <laughs> thought Kyle was going to put Chris Alavi in the God tier. That was the that was the one that I knew we would. So when he said two, I was like, oh. But, yeah, we had the same two. He's been Devontae phenomenal. Wyatt. He's, been, he's been, phenomenal. been so good. But, oh, just o-
2: overthought it. Overthought the whole linebacker thing. Just overthought. Devontae Wyatt.
0: Below expectations. He's been okay.
2: It's, it feels like a below expectations to me. What does he know?
0: I think he's played like three snaps a game or something like that. Yeah, but you knew that I coming remember, in. You knew that coming player. in because
1: they signed they signed Jeron Reed. They had... Dean Lowry. They got Kenny Clark, who's an absolute monster. I don't know that I'm necessarily surprised by what he's done thus far in a bad way. So snaps? I have, I have a meeting expectation. Yes, Joe, because you knew that.
2: Yeah, Joe's methodology is kind of weird.
0: That's ah, my methodology. I'm happy. with yeah, It
2: sucks. Cole strange.
0: I, a first round pick that's played 28 <laughs> snaps in four games. It's you knew based on the si-
1: yeah because you knew based on the situation what it was going to be. Yeah,
2: no Joe, player. I think you're just cutting. You're just cutting out of the process in context that is extremely. Don't, don't attack him. Don't don't attack him personally. Fine. It's fine. But I just think you're missing context. In, in how
0: am system. I missing context? This guy was drafted in the first round. This team had other needs, and he's come in and played twenty eight snaps: 12, 4, four, seven, and five. This is what you want from your, and I and I understand that there's a whole lot of football left, and that this could change. But based on the sample size we have right now, I don't even think. No, I can't believe you guys don't think he's so if below we so if we did
2: so I no I'm just your methodology is still bothering me. So Trey Lance would have been a below expectations player as Absolutely. the number three overall, and not he a did no nothing, impact player.
0: Nothing as a number three overall pick.
2: Guys, we
1: have a few more players to get to. <laughs> Including, 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 Cole Strange,
0: meeting expectations. That's Cole. what I have. Meeting.
1: I, I have him above expectations,
0: Me,
2: exceeding. Perhaps is the word that you would use there. Yes, exceeding. So
1: we, expectations. Wait, do we have three
0: different tiers?
1: No, no. He's exceeding <laughs> expectations. He's been better than I thought he would be for UT Chattanooga, and obviously he was good at Senior Bowl. But like size and anchor were a thing that were a concern, and you can see him physically on that line. He's the smallest guy on that line. And he's playing good. So I give him exceeding expectations. George Karloftis.
0: Meeting expectations.
1: Meeting expectations. He's been a very impactful player.
0: And Daxton Hill. Below expectations. No impact. This is the Devontae Wyatt thing. This is it. We knew he wasn't going to (laughs) play. He's played teams. He's played 14 snaps. That's half of Devontae Wyatt's. Yeah,
1: it's not enough. If he played twice as many snaps, maybe I could grade him. 28, 28, he'd be
0: potentially exceeding expectations.
1: Because nobody (laughs) thought he would
0: play. He's got on the field for 28 snaps. I mean, what a a Uh, play. Lewis
2: Seen.
1: Best that's wishes to Lewis, by the way. That's yeah. really stinks. And like he had to have surgery over there and can't come home yeah. until like he's that stinks, man.
0: Gar- yeah, it sucks. Probably got a dog really he wants stinks. to pet, you know, out for the year. What a rough stretch.
2: So all that being said, where are we putting
0: him? Low no expectations.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would th- say so. I know obviously they, they have Harrison Smith and uh, why is the other guy's name escaping me? That Cam the Biden. young guy. Yeah, Cam Bynum, who came in and, and was a productive player. But again, like Joe said, teams tell you what they think of players by their personnel moves, and they traded up to get Lewis seen. And uh, with that in mind, I, I kind of thought he would have pushed for a bigger impact early on, and, and obviously we're we're hoping that he has a, a quick recovery here.
2: Uh, tier maker in the books. Boom. You know, it'll be fun. forwards tomorrow on the show.
1: It'll be fun.
2: What would be Fun.
1: Next week we do the twenty. No, we're not doing no
2: one. Oh, we do the 2021 first round. Okay, we could we could put that away. I thought you were going to say the second round. I was as like, I no.
0: as I already start thinking about this, is our criteria going to be just on the first five weeks of this season, or the entire rookie season into this year?
1: It could be their entire workload to date. I think it gives you a much greater,
0: bigger, diverse bigger
2: port- portfolio
0: yeah. to to grade players on.
2: Love it, but remember, Joe's going to grade them because a first round player. Right, oh, especially a, in
0: year two, you better be a meaningful starter. Yeah, if
1: you're not a if you're not a meaningful starter by year two, we're going to ask him some questions. Yeah, below Trey expectations.
0: Lance, go ahead and tell you below yeah. expectations. You might as well just say no impact, Joe.
2: <laughs> no, that's the, that's the problem. That's where I think he should go, but Joe won't do that. That tier just doesn't exist for Joe.
0: I put Jameson and Williams, and Trevor Penning in there. Below expectations, uh, first took, round you
2: know, player should all, be a starter.
1: All, all it took was the two, the two, the two guys who were all like IR.
0: I had twenty five percent below expectations. <laughs> all right, I think no, overall these guys are doing pretty good. This is pretty good. I have we're done here. 275%. Kyle Crabs, Joe
1: Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over at Ben Alive for their continued support of the show. Make it a great day. Talk to you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes
2: out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.